This program is supported by Amgen. Amgen strives to serve patients by transforming the promise of science and biotechnology into therapies for patients with serious illnesses. Learn more at Amgen.com. From Susan G. Komen, this is Real Pink, a podcast exploring real stories, struggles, and triumphs related to breast cancer. We're taking the conversation from the doctor's office to your living room. A breast cancer diagnosis can often make you feel as if you've lost control. You may want to troubleshoot it, to find the root cause and implement a solution. Today's guest was diagnosed with breast cancer in April 2019, two days before she ran the Boston Marathon. She tried to outrun the process because she was scared to sit idle and lose. But as she discovered, sometimes there is no root cause or variable to fix, and you have no option but to hope, be patient, and trust in the process. Here to share her story and what she learned about herself along the way is Jennifer Sinkwitz. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi there. Thanks for having me. I'm, I'm kind of excited to talk to you about this. This is kind of a fascinating story. Uh, so let's start with your story, right? Um, I understand that the timing of the diagnosis was pretty significant. So tell us what was going on in your life at the time and about that timing of the diagnosis. Okay. Yeah, it was, you know, looking back, it's been a couple of years now. It's really strange to me how everything unfolded at the time that it did. And, and it turns out, you know, I'm able to, you know, I understand this now. I see now how lucky I am um, that I found my tumor right before I ran the Boston Marathon. Um, and, and I'll explain how that, how that happened. But, you know, I, I'm a marathon runner. I, I'm, I'm training for my fifth marathon right now. And um, I, you know, when you're training so hard for something um, for several months, you lose a little bit of weight, right? So I was pretty thin and it was due to being on the thinner side that I felt a nine millimeter tumor. Um, and otherwise I probably wouldn't have felt that. So I am pretty fortunate um, but yeah, I felt that tumor probably in February. I had woken up in the middle of the night from a Charlie Wars or a leg cramp. You know, I had run, I don't know, 10 to 12 miles the day before. And um, I've, I've had some breast health issues in the past, not cancer, but I had dense breasts and I um, had a lumpectomy several years before that. That was benign. Um, but so I always, I was trained to to self-check my breasts often. And I was doing that one night and felt a tiny, tiny spot and um, it ended up being cancer. So, all right, so you found out, I think you, you said you got the diagnosis two days before the Boston Marathon, which is a, a big, 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 big deal, right? And, it was, yes. So, like, yeah. tell, like, tell us about that and, and how and why you made the decision to do the race. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I found the tumor early on. Um, and, you know, once you find a spot, it takes months, right? You go to, you have mammograms and, and ultrasounds and MRIs, all these tests. So it was, um, they, one of the last tests I did was a needle biopsy. And that was to determine if something was there. And that was done a couple of days before um, the, the marathon. And um, when I went in there for that biopsy, the radiologist found two other spots. And he said, gosh, I'm kind of more concerned about these two other spots. And, um, but you've got three spots. And so this was, the, the, the Boston Marathon was on a Monday. 
And my appointment with this radiologist was on a Wednesday. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, you know what, like, are you, do you really think that one of these spots is cancerous? Like I, I kind of wasn't sure, you know, I had, I had had breast health issues before. Right. So in the back of my mind, I'm thinking this is probably dense breast tissue, Mm. (laughs) you know, and it's probably not going to be anything. Um, But he told me, the radiologist said, if I were you, I wouldn't run the Boston Marathon. Um, and I said, oh my gosh, well, I qualified for the Boston marathon and that's been on my bucket list to run. I've been a runner for so long and I finally qualified. Like I can't just not yeah. do it. Right. That's a and, big deal. Um, because I'd have to requalify, <laughs> which means I have to train all over again. Right. So it was, that was probably that appointment with that radiologist. And there was a nurse there too. And she hugged me and said, I am so sorry, this is happening to you. And, and it wasn't confirmed yet because they hadn't done the biopsy. But at that moment, I'm like, I, I have cancer mm. and I am, you know, I'm scheduled to fly out on, on Saturday, a few days later. Um, so I don't know what to do. So the radiologist said he would expedite the results and he would let me know by Friday what happened. And in my mind, I, I promised, I told myself, okay, if I have three cancerous spots, I'm not going to run it because the chances of me being really sick are greater. Yeah. Um, but if I had one cancerous spot, then I'd go to Boston and run. And that's what ended up happening. That Friday, he called me. It was the end of the day. I was at work and I got a call and they said, you have cancer hmm. in one of those spots. Um, and so wow. I, I actually, I left my office. I went to Lululemon and I bought a, a two, I spent way too much money on clothes because um, <laughs> I was like, this may be the last time I run a race. You know, I don't know. I was, it was a very emotionally fueled day, but um, that's why I, that's how I made my decision to run it. Okay. And so, so take me to race day. Uh, were you able to compartmentalize during the race and enjoy it? Or were you just constantly thinking about the diagnosis? I mean, what was that experience like for you emotionally? Um, you know, I did both. I think there were moments where I, there were a couple times I broke down. And there, yeah, there were a couple times I stopped and I just wept. Um, but then there are other times that I truly enjoyed it. So it was a roller coaster of an experience. Um, I, I felt so weak at sometimes, and then sometimes I felt so strong. So I don't, I don't know. I, you know, it, it was just one, probably one of the, probably the most emotional day of my life. I am so proud of myself that I showed up and I did it, but you know, I, I had a lot of visions (laughs) Uh, you know, I have two children and, and when you're, when you're alone in your thoughts for 26 miles, you, you gotta think, you think about a lot of things. So, you know, I, I thought of losing my hair and I thought of, you know, my son walking down the aisle and me being, you know, deceased. And, and, and so, you know, your mind does can take you to dark places. Um, but I don't know, for, for the most part, um, it was a magnificent day, despite what I just said, um, you know, I crossed that finish line. I didn't give up. Um, and I felt really, really strong at the end and I was ready to go home and, um, 
be cancer, I guess. I And when I felt really, really tired and weak and just, oh, from the whole experience that knowing that I, I finished Boston and did it and, and broke, you know, knocked that off my bucket list made me feel pretty proud. So, yeah. Wow. And so, so I know uh, that the Boston Marathon for a lot of runners is kind of like one of those big bucket list items. It's really hard to get into and it's hard to qualify for. And so like, it's like, it, like I'm not a runner. I would never qualify, but, but I, I'm, I've run enough to know how remarkably difficult it is just to get in. And so for you to do that and then run it, having just had that diagnosis, is just remarkable. And I would imagine it takes a lot of just intensity and a lot of dedication, a lot of, of just grit to do that. And so I'm kind of curious how that intensity and, and, and grit played into your personality. Is that kind of always been a part of who you are? Um, and how did that relate to your cancer and, and going through that process? Yeah. Um, you know, I, running has been my drug for anxiety <laughs> and stress. Um, so I think it's just been part of my personality, um, to exercise hard, especially when things are feeling out of control. Um, and, you know, I haven't had an out of control life. I've been very fortunate. I have beautiful children and and, you know, a husband and, and friends, but life can be hard sometimes, you know, and work stresses can be hard. I, I want my, my older son was a, a very sick child and, and I ran a lot during those years because it just helped stable me out. I think I can be high strung. And so it just kind of put things in perspective. And I think this cancer diagnosis helped me sort through my feelings and my fears and running is really the only thing that's helped me do that now i probably there are other ways <laughs> you know that, you know any psychologist or you know healthcare professional would probably say you probably shouldn't run so much you know there's meditation and i've used other methods but at that time that was my go-to so mm. okay um and yeah just it it got out some of that emotion without having to cry it out. You just mm. sweat it out. So. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> I great. Don't know. That's great. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, all right. So, so you ran the Boston Marathon. What came next? What was treatment like? Kind of walk us through that. So when I returned from the Boston Marathon, um, you know, a few days later, I had um, uh, appointment. A, a nurse navigator actually called me while I was running the race. And so the next day I, I called her back and, you know, they schedule all of these appointments, right? At that point, you know, nothing. And, you know, I knew that, you know, that day I learned I had invasive ductal carcinoma. So that was um, my diagnosis on marathon day. And that was the word invasive. That's what I kept thinking that entire race. You know, I didn't really, I know what the word invasive means as do most of our listeners, but there's so many different types of cancer. And so once you, before having breast cancer, you just thought everyone had the same breast cancer. You don't really even think about it all that much. Right. Right. So anyways, I, I, there, I was, I, I returned home. I met with my surgeon I learned a little bit about what my cancer was. And um, then it was just day, every day there was a different appointment. You know, I, I met with, you know, I had BRCA testing, you know, I had um, another MRI, a CAT scan, more ultrasounds. I, 
I don't even remember how many appointments. It just seemed like they were daily. And so you go through because they want to know if it's spread. You know, they won't tell you what what um, stage you are until they can get in there and actually assess the tumor. And, you know, you, you, they want to test the lymph nodes. And so it was, you know, I think the hardest part was just that period of knowing where you are in that process. Are, is it in your lymph nodes? Am I going to need chemo? You know, what's, what's going to happen next? And it takes a good month to figure that out. So. Yeah. Yeah. I came home to start that whole race of appointments and um, and then eventually um, learned that my tumor had not, it had spread through, you know, at first at, at one point they thought that I needed radiation and a lumpectomy. And then I had my CAT scanner and MRI, I can't remember which one it was, but they had discovered through that appointment that my margins weren't clear. There was, it had, there was like three inches of tissue that had been affected. So, um, my whole breast had to be removed. So, um, and then during the mastectomy, they actually biopsied your tumor while you are on the surgical table. Um, and so they biopsy it there and it came back clear. So they put implants, they did my reconstruction there, but then they, after that, they send your tumor to a lab and then that is your final result. And that came back negative. So I did not need, um, chemotherapy, but it, it took a couple months to figure that out. Okay. And, and, and you may have just alluded to this, but I do understand that things didn't quite go the way you planned or quite the way the doctors had, had described to you. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that and, and why it's important for us to know that? Yeah. Um, you know, Things, things did get a little crazy um, after my mastectomy. And, um, you know, I think people think you get a mastectomy, you get implants, and you're good to go. And, and a lot of times you are. Um, unfortunately, I had some um, problems with breast infections. And um, I got a pretty bad infection several weeks after my mastectomy and ended up in the hospital. In fact, I ended up in the hospital on IV antibiotics, I don't, maybe three or four times with infections. Um, the first one, um, I think it was over Memorial weekend. I was there for a week. They think it was red breast syndrome, um, which is, you know, my implants were placed above the muscle. I didn't have expanders, which was, I believe, a fairly new process. Um, but my, um, they, to hold my implants, they made cadaver tissue pockets. They were, it was pockets made out of cadaver tissue. My body did not like those. So I think it was fighting that material. And so it, it just got ugly. So I was on IV for quite some time. And, and then a couple months later, we ended up, and maybe it was a couple weeks. I don't know. You know, I should have written this all down because you do tend to forget some of the fine details. But they did end up removing those implants, putting new ones in, rinsing out the cadaver tissue. And, you know, it just, it, yeah, it just wasn't what I expected. And then I continued to get, to get other infections. Um, I, I was prone to cellulitis at that point. So every time I had a little tiny scratch, something would go a little crazy and I'd end up in the hospital. And um, it got to the point where my doctor said, if you have a temperature over 99, just 
come to the hospital. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Like, wow. Okay. So we, we did that. We did that for several months. Mm. Um, and I think the last time I was admitted to the hospital with that, I'm, I'm guessing it was January of 2020. Um, and then COVID happened. Wow. Okay. So you've been through a lot. I mean, it's, I mean, not just cancer, but just all of the stuff after that, you know, in, in, and not only that, but also just even the endurance that you built in, in your training and everything else. And so I'm, I'm just curious, like, what are some of the things that you've learned about yourself that you feel would be helpful to share with our listeners? You know, I, this is going to sound so cliche, but um, I, I never knew I was as strong as I am. You know, I'm sure people say that all the time. You know, until you're forced to have to go through something, you just don't know how you're going to handle it, right? And um, I, I guess I always, I can be emotional. You probably, you know, I can cry at any at any time talking about this subject. But you know, I really um, just, I didn't feel. I, I you know, I, I, you know, I going through something this hard. I, I didn't really feel the pain of it until now. Now I'm processing, you know, now that it's been a good year that, um, you know, my last surgery was a little over a year ago, I'm able to sit back and reflect and go, gosh, that was really, that was really hard. How did I do that? And I think I just buried myself into solving the problem and mm. reacting and doing all the things I needed to do without feeling it. So I don't know if that's the right way to handle it, if that's being strong, or if that's just hiding your problems under a big rock. I'm not sure, but um, I got it might be it. all of the above. You know? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> should ask ask someone about that. But yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So and you know another thing, I think um, I really i i had a i had a positive mindset, mm -hmm. um, and I never realized that I would have that sort of a mindset until now. I mean, there were times I was very fearful, don't get me wrong, but, um, you know, I just felt like, okay, I'm going to get through this. God is going to help me get through this. You know, I wasn't super religious at that point, but, um, I began praying like no one's business and I felt like it was going to be okay. Um, and so that I just had faith and I don't know where that came from, but I'm grateful. Mm, that's fantastic. So final question, how has your outlook on life changed after your breast cancer experience? And is there anything that you know now that you wish you had known then? You know, I think um, life is so precious. And, um, you know, I, it's when I tell people my story, especially when I'm, you know, sitting with my friends and stuff. I, you know, I, I've been a runner my whole life. I've eaten kale and exercise and spinach and I have a good diet. You know, I, I don't smoke, you know, I, I am pretty healthy despite drinking wine, um, which can lead to breast cancer, which that's probably what did it for me. I don't know, but, um, you know, I, life can change in a second. I mean, you can be, you know, at the top of your game and the next be faced with a cancer diagnosis. And so, gosh, just keeping those that you love close and um, 
living your life, knocking stuff off your bucket list, whether it's Mm -hmm. the Boston Marathon or going on a cruise around the world. I don't know. Just making sure that you take the time to do the things that you love to do. Um, And I I didn't always do that. I, I dove into my work and you know, I would spend hours working so hard and, and I still work hard, don't get me wrong, but I think just gaining some perspective on what really matters and, and making sure you have a circle of friends. And if you don't, you need to go and find those circle of friends because I'll tell you, my friends were there for me and surrounded me with love and I'm so glad that I had them. Um, and I know that it's very hard you know, when you're raising a family and working to maintain friendships and you've got to make the time to do that because people need you and and you need them. And um, that's my biggest takeaway. That's a good takeaway. Make the time for friendships. That's absolutely incredibly important. Well, Jennifer, this has been great. Your story is, is inspirational. I'm, I'm profoundly impressed you were able to run the Boston Marathon right after a diagnosis. So uh, thank you for taking the time to share this with us today. Well, thank you for having me. And I appreciate all that you do to, to bring stories like this to the public. And one other thing, I mean, that if I can share one, I mean, yes, make, yeah. making sure you have a circle of friends, but being in charge of your health care, getting your mammograms, mo- especially now, I, there are so many women I know not to the fault of their own because of COVID, but missed their mammograms. Mm -hmm. And man, if I didn't feel that little tumor that day, if I had not run the Boston Marathon, I would have found that a lot later and my situation would have ended up being a lot different. So take the time to take care of yourself. That's right. Take care of yourself. All right. Well, Jennifer, this is amazing. Again, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. This program is supported by Amgen. Amgen strives to serve patients by transforming the promise of science and biotechnology into therapies for patients with serious illnesses. Learn more at amgen.com. Thanks for listening to Real Pink, a weekly podcast by Susan G. Komen. For more episodes, visit realpink.komen.org. And for more on breast cancer, visit komen.org. Make sure to check out at Susan G. Komen on social media. I'm your host, Adam. You can find me on Twitter at AJ Walker or on my blog, adamjwalker.com.